0: You're listening to McKinsey's Future of America podcast, featuring conversations inspired by a new era of sustainable and inclusive growth. Welcome to the first episode of McKinsey's new Future of America podcast, where we'll explore how we can build a future that drives sustainable and inclusive growth. This isn't about trade offs. We reject the or and embrace the and. Join us in conversation with leaders who are accelerating progress to grow, to broaden, and to sustain prosperity for more Americans. I'm your host for today, Quaylen Ellingrud. I'm a McKinsey Global Institute director and a senior partner based in Minneapolis. I lead insights on the future of work, gender equality, racial equity, and productivity. I will be co-hosting this show along with my colleague, Andre Dua. Andre is a senior partner at McKinsey and managing partner of our Miami office. Andre works on issues related to education, reskilling and upskilling, economic opportunity and the distribution of that opportunity, and U.S. economic outlook. You'll be hearing from him in future episodes. Today, I'm joined by Greg Kelly, my senior partner colleague in our Atlanta office, and the global leader of our growth, marketing, and sales practice. Greg helps companies grow in a way that transcends the bottom line and improves communities and the environment. Greg, welcome, and thank you for being with us
1: pleasure to be with you on this first recording.
0: Greg, can you tell our listeners a bit about your background?
1: Sure, Quetlin. I've been at the firm for 27 years. I have 27 of my 30 years of my professional life, really focused on working to help consumer companies grow better and faster. Our research shows that you're more likely to grow better and faster if you pursue growth in multiple dimensions, growth in your core, growth in adjacencies, growth in geographies and to do so with multiple levers. And that's what I've been focused on is helping some of the best companies and brands in America grow better and faster.
0: Greg, you've spent your career helping companies not just grow, but grow in sustainable ways that benefit all stakeholders. And here at McKinsey, we're unapologetic about being advocates for that growth, not just the growth, but the sustainable and the inclusion elements of it. These aren't trade-offs. These are mutually reinforcing elements of growth, and you can't have sustainability and inclusion without the growth as the foundation.
1: I firmly believe that. And I think it's never been more true than today with the increased transparency. Customers and consumers know more about how a company treats their employees than ever before. And they know more about how companies work in their communities than they ever did before. They want to be associated with companies that are really making a positive difference. So I find that companies with a relatable purpose that's authentic with their heritage are the ones who are winning with consumers and customers.
0: Let's talk about economic recovery and economic recovery from the pandemic. What has it looked like so far? What does it look like as we look ahead?
1: It's been fascinating to me as a bit of student of customer behavior to see how the pandemic has changed behaviors. Really interesting when you you see the impact, it's really hard to change behaviors. I'll give you a small example. Uh, Retailers occasionally have to remodel restaurants, will have to remodel and update their facilities. They hate doing it they have loyal customers and upending those routines gives their consumers a reason to change. And sometimes it's in hard to get them back. So they really hate to do that. And normally there are not that many big changes that consumers make. So changing behaviors takes years and years to do. Well, the pandemic changed that overnight. What we saw with the pandemic is that 75% of consumers took on new digital routines. E-commerce penetration which was 16% in 2019, went to 35% in 2020. From a B2B perspective, a business-to-business perspective, eight in 10 buyers said their omnichannel behaviors were just as good, if not better, than the way they had interacted before. So as a result, we're seeing companies be much, much more aggressive with connecting with their consumers and customers in much more personalized, digitally enabled ways than before.
0: What a dramatic change on, on all dimensions, as you described.
1: Another big change that we've heard a lot about is the supply chain change, Mm. the supply chain disruption, which of course has been a big catalyst for the highest inflation that we've had in 40 years. And that's really required companies to be on top of their game, both on the demand side and the supply side. On the demand side, thinking about how to put the customer at the center and add value and then make sure that they get compensated for that value with the pricing and promotion That's commensurate with cost increases that they're incurring. And then on the supply side, giving a new level of thought to where products are produced, how much inventory they're building, how they're doing their forecasting, which has to be much more sophisticated than in the past.
0: Let's take each of the elements of sustainable and inclusive growth separately. First, let's start with growth, because without the growth, uh, the rest is not quite as interesting. But where have you seen CEOs and companies driving really transformative growth?
1: Yeah, well, and it starts with the growth mindset. As you said, if you don't have growth, it's hard to do as much as, as you can and need to do on the sustainability and inclusive side, as it helps fund some of the improvements you need in sustainability, and it creates opportunities for people from an inclusion standpoint. What I found in working with companies is that it really does start with a growth mindset. I can usually tell in my first conversation with the top leaders of a company whether or not they're going to be a growth outperformer. When I'm talking to those top growers, the question isn't really, can we? It's more of a question of where and how should we grow? Where are the greatest opportunities? And they're usually more focused on a wider variety of growth lovers. As I mentioned in the very beginning, uh, in my introduction, thinking through how much we can grow in the core. And by the way, the outperformers always grow in the core too. We usually find you're much more likely to outperform if you're growing in your core categories in your core market, because you're always finding renewal opportunities. But then moving to adjacencies and growing in adjacencies and finding opportunities for those strengths to apply in new ways. And then also growing in additional geographies and doing that with a wider variety of capabilities. Innovation. I talked about growing in the core. What does the core mean? That's what I mean. Your core categories, your core customers, but finding even better ways to meet your customer needs. Frequently, that requires better innovation. Also, it can be connecting more digitally, connecting with better marketing. We talk about full funnel marketing, which is the brand building marketing as well as the performance marketing. So connecting with better capabilities. And then also pursuing growth inorganically through mergers and acquisitions. We find that the growth outperformers use those multiple levers to drive growth. But again, it all starts with that growth mindset. The the leaders with that growth mindset grow twice as high as those that don't.
0: What about in terms of inclusion? We've seen the business case for diverse companies and diverse leadership pretty consistently. But what are some of the leading practices of CEOs, of company leaders to promote genuine inclusion, both for employees and their customers?
1: It starts with awareness. They have to know where they stand and where they stand at each different level. You're well aware, I know, of the different uh, assessments that we have for women in the workplace, companies understanding that at the entry level, at the manager level, at the more senior levels in the boardroom is really a critically important starting point. The second part is a commitment to change without understanding, really setting aggressive aspirations for what they can and should do. A third is then rewarding that change we're seeing leading companies really build that in to their performance assessments for their key leaders. And then finally, there's real coaching and development on the how. I know I've learned a lot over the past few years. I have a transgender son, as an example. I thought I knew a good bit about inclusion, but I found out there was much more that I needed to learn to be a truly inclusive father. I think the same thing is true for our leaders at our companies. We all have a lot we can learn.
0: Wonderful. So that's growth, inclusion. Finally, let's talk about sustainability. What have you seen in terms of how companies have successfully pursued business goals while also prioritizing outcomes for the environment?
1: Quillen, I've found the same four things that I just mentioned on inclusion to apply to sustainability as well. Having real awareness, committing to change, rewarding the change, providing coaching and development to, to make the change happen. Maybe one of the key differences though I'd say when it comes to sustainability is just how far you have to reach. For many of our companies, sustainability and being more sustainable means reaching outside their own companies and helping their suppliers improve their sustainability. And so it's even more externally oriented. One retailer with whom we worked is a good example where their own operations they worked on and got to a pretty good good spot pretty quickly, but the real emissions are coming from all of their suppliers. They were pretty creative in creating a solution for all of the, their suppliers to understand their own emissions, understand what levers they might pursue to reduce those emissions, and then also expecting progress for those suppliers uh, over time.
0: We're speaking with Greg Kelly on sustainable and inclusive growth. Greg, would love to explore what the future of America looks like for the average consumer out there. You've got decades of experience with consumer and retail companies, and we've seen it's a uniquely challenging time for a lot of Americans. Our latest American Opportunity Survey that we published just a couple of months ago found that only 35% of respondents thought that it was likely that our country as a whole will enjoy continuous growth and economic opportunity over the next five years. So the outlook is quite pessimistic. What actions do you think that consumer-facing companies can take in this more challenging landscape to drive sustainable and inclusive growth?
1: It's a great question, Quaylan. and I think it goes back to what we've been talking about. First of all, having that mindset for growth and that mindset that, for th- that growth is a positive driver for sustainability and for inclusion. So starting with that mindset and aspiration- to have the and and drive sustainable, inclusive growth. The second is being pretty aggressive with the pursuit of that. And by aggressive, I mean uh, pursuing multiple avenues. We find that companies that, that look to grow in their core, in adjacencies, in additional geographies, are the ones that are more likely to, to succeed. And we also find that those that are thoughtful about doing that through multiple capabilities, whether that's improving their innovation capability, whether that's improving their digital connections whether that's improving what we call full funnel marketing, which is both brand building and performance-oriented marketing, uh, and those that are thoughtful about how acquis- acquisitions can help accelerate their progress are the ones that outperform. So that's a second key is pursuing multiple levers. And then third, holding themselves accountable for the and, for that driving inclusion and sustainability and growth.
0: How have you seen that happen, the accountability piece of it?
1: It goes back to having it be included in executives' reviews, a core part of their development, prioritizing it. Some leading companies we've seen prioritize it as one of the top three that leaders are accountable for. Mm -hmm. When you do that, they tend to pay attention and make progress.
0: Absolutely. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Wonderful. And Greg, you live in Atlanta, right? You've written a lot about how Atlanta has thrived economically over the past few years, but the rest of the state of Georgia has struggled to keep up with growth rates and economic inclusion in Atlanta. How do you think we can better address these disparities both in Georgia, but also across the country.
1: I do love Georgia and I love Atlanta. Georgia has made real progress. I I should start with that. It's gone from being the the 17th to the ninth largest state economy from 1979 to 2019. Hmm. Uh, It's got the world's busiest airport, two major container ports, great roads, great rail networks. So fantastic, fantastic state and fantastic progress. You're right, though. We did write about what got us here won't get us there. That more is needed. And it starts with infrastructure. We do need more infrastructure. Hopefully, the latest national support on infrastructure will help, but we really need to invest more in infrastructure in Georgia. A related topic that some also include in that infrastructure, but we'd call out separately, is the broadband expansion. Expanding broadband throughout Georgia is a critical driver for success across Georgia. A third is in reskilling. You mentioned in your intro your part of our McKinsey Global Institute, which looks at this, of course, but I haven't seen as much written about how our workforce population growth is really going to be lower looking forward, maybe the lowest it's been really since our country was founded. That's a national trend. It's also a Georgia trend. The workforce in Georgia participates at a lower rate Than the rest of the country. So reskilling, providing childcare, providing better education is all key to get greater labor force participation in Georgia and will be key for Georgia's success. And then finally, uh, supporting younger, faster growing companies is a real opportunity for Georgia to drive higher growth. Some of those same things apply in Atlanta uh, as well but are especially critical for Georgia more broadly.
0: Greg, I think a lot of the themes that you emphasized are absolutely applicable more broadly across the country. Broadband access, right? Making sure that workers in rural areas have the access and connectivity to be able to connect to a whole new set of jobs that even two years ago, pre-COVID, probably wouldn't have been available to connect and reskill and upskill. Because I think the challenge in our current economy is we have quite a few jobs, millions of jobs. We also have a number of people now looking for them, but there's a mismatch in the jobs and the skills that we need on the one hand and the skills of the workers that are remaining and looking for those jobs. And so how do we upskill and better match in our labor markets? Greg, thank you for sharing your insights with us today. I loved the and elements of growth and sustainability and inclusion, and the fact that you emphasize we're all on a learning journey and we can each get so much better, whether you're the CEO of a consumer products company or you work in a very different role. This continuous improvement journey across those dimensions is so important. We're going to be wrapping up each of our Future of America episodes with a rapid fire Q&A session. And Greg, you're the first one to be up for this. Lucky me. <laughs> Indeed. Greg, is there a book or an article that you've read recently that excites you about sustainable and inclusive growth in the future?
1: Maybe I'll take the inclusion side of that, Quailen. I just watched The Tender Bar. I don't know if you saw that movie come out in December. And as usually the case, I watched it with my wife and she said, oh, it was pretty good, but the book was better how many times do we hear that? The book was even better. So that was a good catalyst for me to get the book. I'm sure many of our listeners have read this when it came out in 2005. So it's old news to them. But if you have it, it's a wonderful story. J.R. Moringer is the author. He writes of his own coming of age. He grew up without his father present. And so his real inspiration came from a wide cast of characters in the bar that his uncle ran. And to me, it's a good example of taking inspiration from a wide variety of people and a real testament to the power of inclusion.
0: Greg, what makes you optimistic that we can get there, that we can really achieve sustainable and inclusive growth going forward?
1: It goes back to the transparency that I mentioned at the beginning, Qualen, the fact that consumers and customers do have that transparency into how companies operate today, and they're going to hold companies accountable and they're going to hold our government leaders accountable for it. So the fact that we have that transparency actually gives me optimism that we're going to make progress.
0: More people know, and they're also voting with their feet. Love it. What's the one thing listeners can do today to promote sustainable and inclusive growth?
1: With that transparency, support those companies and leaders that are sustainable, inclusive leaders.
0: Wonderful. Greg, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your insights.
1: Quaylen, wonderful to be with you.
0: That was Greg Kelly, a senior partner based in Atlanta and the global leader of McKinsey's growth, marketing, and sales practice. I'm Quailen Ellengrude. You've been listening to McKinsey's Future of America podcast series. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening to the Future of America podcast. We're thrilled you're joining us as we explore the journey toward a more sustainable and inclusive and growing economy. Be sure to subscribe to the Future of America podcast on whichever platform you use and check out our insights and research on these topics at mckinseycom slash future of America. Thanks for being a part of the Future of America.